Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and not joining me this week here in the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's got great hair, but he ain't here. It's Master Blywalker, Luke Blywalker, how are you sir? Oh, um, spicy, geezer. Yeah. See, it's almost like he's actually here. Nice one, mate. Yeah, Lukey Boy is uh, currently having some much needed and deserved R&R. So tonight, I am flying Han Solo here in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon. But that's going to be okay, because the sessions continues for another week. And it's uh, it's been a busy old week uh, in Sessions HQ and in Star Wars world. And usually, this, this is the point where I say, oh, Luke, what's going on? What's going on, bruv? What's happening, blood? But uh, he's not here. So uh, I've been alright though. It's uh, I've been I've been celebrating getting a one year older, wiser, and as I've said to everyone, one year wider as well. Sadly, so <laughs> time to hit the old treadmill. So been a lovely weekend um, at Jabba's Palace. Can't complain whatsoever about that. But now it's time to uh, get this thing into hyperdrive and talk some Star Wars. Before that, though, I certainly hope all of you are doing well. Uh, if there's one thing we love here at Sessions HQ, it is our listeners. We love each and every one of you. So just a quick shout out to the greatest listeners in the galaxy for listening and supporting each and every week. So thank you very much for that. And as is the way, we'll start off with a bit of the old admin. And uh, this coming weekend is MCM Comic Con up in Birmingham. Birmingham, which is, I think, still officially the second city. Uh, Ren and myself have gone into depth about this as to should it still be the second city should it be given to manchester it's not for us to decide thankfully if you're from either of those cities please do let us know <laughs> whether you should be the second city fight amongst yourselves uh nicely be polite and all that but yep comic con is this weekend ian mcdermott emperor palpatine is going to be there saturday and sunday and our boy hayden christians and the chosen one is going to be there on sunday so on sunday in the midlands of the united kingdom in birmingham the senate and the chosen one will be together they're doing a i think they're doing a q a panel together and then they're doing photo ops and autographs and the sessions uh we are there we know we're going to be there certainly on the sunday we uh we've been given accreditation to get ourselves up there so uh, very excited to be in the presence of Star Wars uh, legends. And hopefully, hopefully we can get just this bit close to them to ask them a question or two. But hey, we all live and dream. Hopefully we can do that. But yeah, if you're up in the Birmingham area or you're traveling up to Birmingham or down for Comic-Con, we are going to be there definitely on the Sunday. So uh, hopefully look forward to uh, seeing some of you all. Uh, and checking out the the dark side of Star Wars in their Q&A. However, it's time to keep the old train ticking over. And would you, Adam and Eva, in the background, I can hear the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi, which we know only means one thing. 
is the Galactic News Round. To celebrate 10 years since the release of Star Wars The Old Republic, all of its classic cinematic trailers are being enhanced and re-released in 4K. And launching in March 2022, Star Wars-themed hotel, the Galactic Star Cruiser, has sold out its first three months. Hi, this is Details, actor, creature performer in Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Yeah, you're damn right. You were going to be in The Rise of Skywalker. Matt, did you ever shoot any yes. Star Wars scenes? No, I didn't. I didn't. That was, you know, that was, that was, we were close to me being in it, but then it just never... It never quite happened. I think. I think the the thing they were thinking of me for, eventually, the part became. You know, it, it, it became obsolete, and they didn't need it. And so, I never got to be in Star Wars. There we are. Wait, what? But, I, I, here's conjecture. Was was this Palpatine's son? Was that who you were you were playing? I could not possibly say. I could <laughs> not possibly say. But it was a pretty groovy thing. It was like it was a really groovy part and concept. Oh, pretty really? big. It was a big thing. It, yeah, it was like a big story detail, like a, a you know transformative Star Wars story detail. But they ne- it, it, it never quite got over the line. No, I can't deal with this. I'm going to have yeah, nightmares about known. this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like a you know it was a big shift in the in the history of the franchise. It, yeah. I need you to stop talking. You're getting me angrier. Every successive word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, yeah, there we are. Did you ever get into, like, costume? Was there a costume test? Like, how far no, away did you get? No, there was no costume. There was no costume. There were a couple of meetings to talk about it. And yeah, um, well, the, Okay. The good yeah. part is you still have your Star Wars eligibility card, so it's a long career. Well, maybe I can come back. You never know. I mean, if, you know, God... Oh, to come back is that like <laughs> this, this is the worst yeah. this is the worst possible time for the phone to cut out just so just so you know <laughs> the worst possible time oh god i hope sorry it's because i'm in spain and the internet's really shoddy in our hotel in the middle of Carasa. sorry my friend well there you have it from the man himself that was taken from the uh, happy, sad, confused podcast hosted by Josh Horowitz, who you probably seen on MTV or if you like podcasts and film, you probably listen to the happy, sad, confused podcast because it gets the Jabra, the HUD seal of approval. Fabulous podcast where Josh speaks to A-list movie stars uh, each and every week. There's a new episode. And this week he spoke to Northampton's own Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, the Matthew Robert Smith was uh, being interviewed by Josh Horowitz. He's promoting Last Night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright film, which I didn't think was all that good, but I think Matt Smith probably does think it's very good because he was promoting it, but he was promoting that film and also his upcoming stint on the Game of Thrones uh, prequel House of House of Dragons, I think it's called. Uh, I want to say it's called House of Dragons. So I'm furiously uh, checking my House of the Dragon. He's playing Daemon Targaryen, Daenerys's 
descendants or so i assume uh but yeah you, you know matt smith very good looking fellow be very tall handsome englishman um he was being interviewed by josh and the question as you just heard came up was tell us about star wars were you going to be in it and matt smith said well yeah i was supposed to be in it uh, there was discussions and uh <laughs> obviously the most telling part was were you going to be a a young palpatine and for those who haven't seen the video, Matt Smith, you know, he's playing at cool. He's, he's leaning back in his chair and he kind of looks away from the camera and sort of looks back and he's like, you know, I, I couldn't possibly confirm or deny that. So I think that is a very clear confirmation for me anyway. Uh, and I've spoken to uh, Blalo Ren and he also believes that this is Matt Smith's way of saying, yep, you know what? Yep, I was going to be a young Palpatine in some way, shape or form, which we'll get into this is what he that is who he was going to play and i remember all of the conjecture surrounding you know matt smith's casting so it's great to know that all of those rumors and theories and speculation were based on something there was a foundation to this it wasn't just um online spiel but um yeah good interview and pretty much what you've just heard was the snippet from uh from the interview regarding star wars so if you go want to look for more that is pretty much it but um on a side note matt smith is channeling his inner isaac pevy in that clip he looks very much like pevy if you haven't seen pevy uh check him out on instagram very good designer he designed our uh, star wars sessions website uh, and did a lot of the video for us back in the day uh, matt smith's clearly taking inspiration from his look here so um yeah nice one nice one matt but uh back to it yeah this is <laughs> It's big news. It's as Josh was kind of alluding to. It's oh, it's like disappointing in the sense that just having you know the uh, the talent of someone like Matt Smith in Star Wars would have been uh, filthy as it is. But and again, this isn't you know me. Let me just get the old record spinning again. This isn't going to be a Rise of Skywalker hate for episode, not one bit because I enjoy the film for what it's worth. Um, but there is that kind of idea of oh, what you know, who was he going to play? I think that's it's. It's a destination is generally always usually uh, more fun than the sorry the journey is usually more fun than the destination if you catch my drift like the speculation of theory like let's come up with who Matt Smith could be playing that's more exciting to me than you know what actually he was going to be young Palpatine in the Rise of Skywalker as we know it and it would have been fine maybe who knows but obviously it would have been a drastically different story and Matt Smith said it was going to like fundamentally change Star Wars. It was going to pretty much be canon shattering, which makes me think it was going to be a a young Palpatine or a clone Palpatine in his younger visage, which would have been absolute filth. It would have been dirt if that had happened because it just would have been. It, it, it would have shown us a Palpatine we've never seen before. We've seen Palp. We've seen old wrinkly old Palps in the OT. We've seen um, suave and debonair Palps in the PT, and now we've seen corpse Palps <laughs> in the ST. It would have been great just to get a little bit of young Palpatine. I'm sure potentially probably would have then morphed and merged back into Ian McDermott's classic Palpatine. Or maybe not. Maybe Matt Smith would have been Palpatine in this film, and uh, that would have been the, ke- the shatter- shattering of canon. That not only did Palpatine return somehow, but he did so in his younger form. He's managed to bring himself back so he can live his life again. Basically, you know, bring a- yeah, you can bring yourself back as eighty-year-old Palpatine on your deathbed, or come back as 
uh, however old he would have been. Matt Smith at the time would have been, at the time of filming, would have been about 37. So, for argument's sake, yeah, let's say that they were aiming for a kind of 30-something-year-old Palpatine. You know, the bro's still got 50 years left to wreak havoc again. That would have been ace. You know, again, had it been uh, planned properly, had it been uh, implemented properly, or should I say, had it been executed... (laughs) Drink, 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 drink. Blythe's not here, but I'm still going to drink. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Had it been put across on screen properly and on the paper, then it could have been great. It is obviously just a load of the old conjecture because we never know. Matt, Miss, Matt Smith Matt Smith as a young Palpatine could have been awful. Maybe not his performance per se, but, you know, just the idea of coming back as a younger self or how or whatever it is they were going to do with it. Uh, you know, it could have been pretty naff. You know, it doesn't just just because Matt Smith could have been, would have been a younger version of Sheev. That doesn't guarantee it was going to be well done. Just because I think he's a good actor, and I'd like to see young Palps doesn't mean that the two, you know, can merge together and form this symbiotic um, bit of goodness. No, it could have been just as bad as it could have been just as good. So uh, we didn't get it, obviously. So we got. Ian McDermott back as Palpatine in the rise of Skywalker. And as long time listeners know that whilst Palps's return for me was handled a little heavy emphasis on the little, um, Ian McDermott was possibly the best part of the film because who doesn't want to see Ian as the emperor? Who does not want to see Ian McDermott as emperor Palpatine? hamming it up once more every scene he's in in the rise of Skywalker, he steals he knows the memo he's bringing old school papa palps back and i mentioned in a, in a patreon question the other day that i think for kids you know papa palps in the rise of Skywalker is probably one of the most menacing or scary characters in in star wars obviously the way he's portrayed and just his overall evilness was uh well done as usual by ian obviously you know, just shooting lightning at lightsabers when he could have just stopped. Would have probably prolonged his life that a little bit further, but lest it be me to tell Emperor Palpatine how to live his life. Had it been Matt Smith, though, what would the portrayal have been like? You know, would it, we, we know, I can imagine what it would have been like, because Matt Smith sometimes gets lumped in with, oh, he was Doctor Who, therefore he's this weird, kooky, eccentric dude because he, you know, because he played the, the Time Lord, which isn't necessarily correct. He was Prince Philip in the crown as well. Uh, I know that Blado Ren is a big fan of the crown. Um, so he would, uh, I don't think he watches Doctor Who. Uh, I don't know if he's, a, I don't think he's a Whovi and I'm pretty sure by now I would have found out if he is, but um, I know he's a fan of the crown though. I imagine his exposure to Matt Smith would have come from that uh, where he plays Prince Philip. So um, he would have known his qualities and talents from there. And I've seen, Matt Smith in, I mean, I've seen him as Doctor Who. I didn't watch Doctor Who. Nothing against Doctor Who, but I it, it was, it's never really uh, resonated with me. But I've seen him in you know many films. Um, I've seen him in uh, Terminator Genesis when he pops up in that. Yes, he popped up in that. Remember that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. His House, which is a really decent horror film on Netflix a few years ago, British one as well. He plays a kind of a, a council uh, welfare benefits worker. And he's very decent in that. He's going to be in Morbius next year, uh, House of the Dragon, as we've already mentioned. And last night in Soho, 
So he's a, he's a busy boy. His star is on the rise and it would have been interesting to see how uh, playing Palpatine would have um, accelerated his rise, would it have affected his rise and how well he would have been. Because the more I think about it, the more you know, I, I think he would have been a, a great fit for for the role. Now, obviously, they, I'm sure they would have put some makeup on him um, to make him look a bit more Ian mcdermott E. They didn't do that with... Uh, the lad who played Palpatine's strand cast cloned failed son in the rise of Skywalker. But I think Matt Smith would have had a, a much bigger role as well. So I think they would have done a little bit of cosmetics on him just to make him look a bit Palpatine. Um, I think he would have been able to bring the, uh, the performance that was, that was needed. And also if Ian was on set, he would have had Ian, to bounce off of as well. The only difference is um, Matt Smith is 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 taller than Ian McDermott by um, well, not considerable amount, but enough to be noticeable that you know he doesn't he, he he's taller. So unless when Mace Window fried Palpatine, he also fried sheared off some of some of his height. Then um, you know they explain it away. It doesn't matter. He's going to notice a few inches here and there when it comes to height, at least anyway. So um, yeah, so that would have been. Interesting to see Matt Smith, but confirmation that he was definitely in the running. He there were talks, but event, but eventually they changed the direction that they wanted the story to go, which isn't surprising because you know we, we everybody knows that the the, tr- the troubles that that production had. Um, however, Matt Smith was rumored to be in this for the longest time. Now I remember when he was rumored to be uh, this. A blue-skinned alien geezer with a uh, he had a helmet on and then a kind of like a breathing apparatus that covered his face and there was a, a trading card where this um, alien is kind of looking like sideways down through his helmet and people are like oh my god that is that's uh that's him that's Bat Smith even though he said he's not in it that's him because Matt Smith did say you know, as far as I know, I'm I'm not in it. Don't think I am. Uh, and of course, people ran with that, and they're like, "Yes, he's he's definitely in it." Let's find somebody who looks like Matt Smithy. And this blue alien—I don't know if it ever got a name or not—but a lot of people were convinced that that was Matt Smith. And look, to be fair, I can see where the they would get that idea from simply because of you know the the, the neck. The it sounds stupid, but like his neck, facial uh, face shape. Uh, and his eyes, like many eyes, look very similar, just even in that, despite the fact that his guy's are like, blue and scaly. So I get it. I can see where people would have thought that was um, Big Boy Smith. But um, I think it was always assumed that he played Palpatine. There was another rumour that he was going to play Ray's dad, but um, how that would have gone, I, I don't know. Because again what we know of Ray's father was that was Palpatine's failed clone Strandcast son who gets stabbed and killed by the worst assassin in the world. Otri of Bestoon though, as our boy Bespin Bulletin will attest, the Star Wars comic line, Darth Vader line is making, uh, turning Otri into a bit of a, into a bit of a BA, you know, to, uh, pretty much a bit of a beast actually pretty respected out there. So they're really doing a number to make <laughs> Otri of Bestoon, um, give him some respect on that name. So I'll take you back, Oakley, Tangerine Face. But um, yeah, there was a rumour that Matt Smith was going to play Ray's dad. 
what do we what do I say to that? I've no idea because we've got no context of which to um base it on. Again, we saw Ray's dad for what six or seven seconds maybe. I I can't remember how long it was, but it wasn't very long. But had they got Matt Smith in, you'd think that they'd give him more of a role than they gave Billy Howell. Billy Howell was the actor who played Palpatine's son in The Rise of Skywalker, Billy Howell. You'd think they would have given Matt Smith more time. But then on the flip side of that, Jodie Comer played Ray's mum and they gave her no time. All she did was look very panicked behind uh, Billy Howell. Uh, and then we just kind of heard her screaming and then she gets killed. So, I mean, Jodie Comer was still up and coming from Killing Eve then. You know, she's a rising star, certainly in Britain, was just making waves or just had started to make waves in the USA. And of course, now she's much more of a film star. She's in the last drill recently, free guy. Uh, but still, Jodie Comer was a glorified, very glorified cameo. So there's no guarantee to say that if Matt Smith was cast, he'd actually be anything more than just a glorified cameo. How many times have we heard that these big names are coming into Star Wars only to find out they are a stormtrooper or they're playing uh, an alien or someone in the background or someone who doesn't really have an awful lot to do. So there's nothing to say that he would have been a big part of it anyway. But um, Ray's father was one of the um rumors but i think it is always assumed always assumed that he was going to be playing um papa palps and i would have been here for that because and i, and I can see it as well i can see it you need to think of palpatine in the opera scene in Re- revenge of the sith and some of the faces he pulls and when he looks when he turns left to smirk at anakin i can see um matt smith doing that i really can um you know, he could have also been behind a mask or something like that, but that's no fun. Who who cares? This is me. Who cares if an actor's being cast and they're behind a mask and you can't see them? Daniel Craig in The Force Awakens was cool, but at the end of the day, it was just a cool cameo. Daniel Craig's behind a mask. Same with Tom Hardy in The Last Jedi. Great, Tom Hardy's in it. Is he really? No, because it's just a guy in a suit who could have been, who's been ADR'd over. So um, if, if someone like Matt Smith and that, I'd rather see their face. I think he could have been a great Palpatine. But there's always there's also that um, piece of fan casting that came out by uh, Baragargle Barracks Digital on Instagram, where he uh, mocked up what Matt Smith would look like as Grand Admiral Thrawn of all people, and it, it looked pretty good. It was just you know Matt Smith with blue skin and red eyes and considering they thought he was going to play that blue scaly snake fella in the, in the rise of Skywalker, they must, someone loves the idea of Matt Smith being blue, but um, yeah, there was, there was uh, fan hopes that he could be grand Admiral Thrawn. And again, I think he's got the presence to do it. I think he'd be very good at it, but we've had Lars Mikkelsen voice the character in rebels by all means, uh, by all accounts, sorry, uh, Ahsoka Rosario Dawson, who is Ahsoka, um, I pretty much confirmed that Mena Masood and Lars Mikkelsen are in it uh, by posting that Instagram story congratulating them or, or, or you know announcing it, whatever. But again, not confirmed, but in these eyes, as good as. But don't take that to the bank. So, but no, Lars Mikkelsen. I'm I'm more than more than happy for my Lars Mikkelsen to play the role because he voiced him so very well in Rebels. You can't see his face, but his voice lends that presence. So if they can go with it. Same with any voice actors. If they can go with it and they can get them on the big screen, use them. 
like there's always a clamour for who's going to play Sabine Wren. Well, Tia Sakar's just sitting there. I think she'd probably like to have a go at playing, uh, playing Sabine Wren. And you've got Taylor Gray. I imagine he would have liked to have played Ezra Bridger. Both of them are working actors and not just voice actors. Um, obviously, the flip side again to that is uh, Ashley Eckstein, who is a Sokratano, like is in italics. She is a Sokratano. But, you know, her acting credits are few and far between and nothing really recent of any note either. She's now primarily a voice artist, which is, which again, should get just as much respect as a physical actor because voice acting is intense. I mean, we watched Jim Cummings at the MCM Comic Con London and just watching him flip between sort of five, ten voices uh, effortlessly as well. And one of the questions was, how do you remember? Is it muscle memory? And he gave a very good answer about it. He goes, you can, you know, once you basically live for the character, you know, they kind of leave a little imprint behind. But voice acting isn't just standing in front of a microphone and pulling faces and doing voices. You know, you get into character, you get into it. You've got to portray that emotion just with one tool, one instrument, your voice. Unlike when you're an actor, you've got, you know, you can use anything you want to uh, portray and get across the emotion, but voice actors can't. So, uh, voice actors deserves a lot more respect, but um, so and Ashley Eckstein as well. However, though, so I think casting a primarily non-physical actor in the role wouldn't have been the best choice. I think Rosario Dawson she fits the role very well. I think she's got the mannerisms down. I think physically she has the look as well as we've seen. Uh, again, it's no shade to Ashley Eckstein as well because I've seen her done up as Ahsoka and it looks very good. But, you know, being being done up and kind of cosplaying or whatever as Ahsoka is one thing. But, you know, being able to pull off the acting and the action side and the emotive side of it as well was... It, it sometimes can call for some experience. And I think Rosario was a good choice in doing that. Tia Sakar, Taylor Gray are working actors, certainly in this case of Tia Sakar. So um, i got no problem whatsoever with Lars Mikkelsen turning up so any voice actor who can get the gig in live action should be should be celebrated i would have loved to have seen christopher christopher scene christopher sean christopher soon uh in the rise of skywalker in the cockpit you know um kazuda's i know uh i think i see see i've i've been watching the resistance but i can't even remember his name kaz i'd love to see like kaz standing by in one of the uh ships i so wish we'd got that would it have been derivative and a callback? Yes, but would it? But I remember sitting in the theater watching Rogue One for the first time. Gold leader standing by, red leader standing by. The place was up in arm. People were loving it because you know it's what people. It, it, it it's not a gratuitous fan service. It would have been. It was great then, and I think it would have been great in the Rise of Skywalker to have you know a couple of pilots checking in, like ones ones we know or. If the wider audience don't, the hardcore do. You know, imagine that, like Kaz and Jaeger, you know, standing by, uh, and then sort of Her- like Harris and Dula or, or Jason Sindula, whoever. A couple of people like that would have been great, or give it give a little bit more to um, to Wedge. If just a couple of fan favorite characters, how cool would that have been just to see them in their cockpits? Um, but I I digress on my um, voice actors getting the live action gig. But yeah, Matt Smith was going to be in Star Wars. That is now official. You can take that to the bank. But as he said, there was no costume um, fittings. There was nothing, nothing more than a couple of discussions 
and eventually the story went in a different route, which didn't require Matt Smith. It, it could be it would be one of the great what ifs of Star Wars. Uh, what if Matt Smith was cast? Uh, what if he was a young Palpatine? How would the story have differed? How would it have looked? Would it have been better? Would it have been worse? Because that is always a possibility. Just because someone is in it uh, and the idea is romantic doesn't always mean it's going to work. So Matt Smith was so very nearly in Star Wars and let's not pretend that that wouldn't have been a complete sack of filth. That would have been great. And we said it had been fairly busy in the galaxy. There has been some big news dropping and one that dropped minutes before uh, I came out on air this evening. However, I will get to that imminently. The first bit of news that uh, is on the slate, though, uh, does tie into it like massively now. Yes, it did anyway, but now it definitely does. It came from big screen leaks on Twitter. Um, we love our leakers here on the sessions. Of course, best being is right at the top of the mountain, but your Jordan Masons, your BSLs, they're up there as well. But uh, they dropped a tweet on November 5th, dead on 10 o'clock a.m. United States time, saying there's a Star Wars film planning to shoot next year. It's not Tyker's film, Feige's film, or what they call the Rouge Squadron. We know it as Rogue Squadron. Uh, and our friends over at Star Wars Newsnet then um, had a little shifty around, had a little dig, uh, and they're coming out and saying, actually, it, it's an Old Republic film, which was uh, mentioned a couple of years ago. We actually mentioned it on this show uh, in when we used to do, when our main discussion basically just used to be the galactic news round. We just take all the news and just talk about it and uh, always good fun. But um, it was later Calagridis who did uh, Shutter Island and Altered Carbon. She was writing it. I remember this coming out years ago and it just kind of died. But um, that's that's the rumour is that that is now being um, resurrected, if you will. So, uh, and if you think about it now, what we, what we mentioned up top that there, re-releasing the cinematic trailers classic then they're so good they are sorry 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 they are just so good dan delorean knows it those old cinematics are unreal good they're so good they're being re-released in 4k to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of a uh, of the release of the old republic but and let's not forget that, of course, the Knights of the Old Republic video game is getting remade. So there's uh, that uh, coming out. So, but the Old Republic, though, well, I mean, what would the story be? Well, Jordan Mason, we just mentioned him of Cinelinks, uh, jumped on board a couple of hours later, saying he's heard a few tidbits that it's going to be its own story and not really an adaptation. So for those hoping to see. You know, the more, I mean, Malgus and people like that may be in it, but the, the old Republic was basically the, the rear, the, the Sith Empire had reemerged and it was, uh, the peace between them and the Republic. Um, and it was set after the Knights of the Old Republic game. So this is still like 3000 odd years before the, uh, the Skywalker saga. So whether or not they use that as a tenuous jumping off point. I think it would be quite interesting. But uh, Jordan says it's also been kicking around for a while now, which would then kind of play in somewhat to the uh, to the news that was there years ago, that later um, Calagridis was going to be writing it, if it has been out for a few years. And also it's not the only thing in the world for this era. So it's going to be its own story. 
It's been kicking around for a while and it isn't the only thing in the world set in the High Republic era. We also had, um, we also had other people jumping on as well, posting cryptic pictures. Christopher Mark, who writes for the playlist or, uh, the, the Ronin news as well, uh, dropped a, dropped a gif of the High Republic big screen leaks. Also dropped a few more as well. So that is in itself is exciting. Uh, when it would come out, we will get into that in a minute, but my kind of thoughts were, you know, what would the story be? Because with something as beloved as the old Republic and also KOTOR, people want to see those remade or bought back or resurrected in whatever form because of the story and the game that they played originally. Why wouldn't you? Why would you, you know, the idea of bringing back KOTOR or the old Republic and then changing it when you've got such a rich story, rich characters, beloved characters to so many people, the world building, you know, everything, everything. You know, why would you want to remake it? Why do you want to completely throw that out? So that question comes into it. However, with Jordan Mason saying that, well, actually, no, it's, uh, it's not the only thing in this era in the world at the minute. So it kind of gives me, I want to say hope, but if they just straight up redid the old Republic, which to be fair, I'm pretty sure they could maybe if maybe like a marginal tweak here and there for existing canon. But when it's 3000 something years prior to the Skywalker saga, I'm not entirely sure too much can really be affected by it. But um, would it be great to see those stories just resurrected and just thrown back into canon? Yes, of course it would. However, they can still do that with what Jordan is saying is true that this is going to be its own story, not an adaptation. It doesn't mean that it can't take characters or events from the game, because this game's massive. Take you know, take inspiration and influence and elements from that, and just craft a an, a side story surrounding that, and then you know, bring back the old Republic. But they can now spin off with um, a, a film set on something else. So hey, look, we're still referencing the stuff you love. But this is something else that is going on at the same time, set in that same world. Maybe some of the characters uh, coming back as well. The possibilities are endless, and especially when it's so far in the past, the possibilities really are endless. So I'd love to see what they're going to do uh, with with the story on that. But if it's a straight up, uh, if they really are going to lean heavily on it, or they are going to go for something new. If they're going to go for something new, what are people going to think about that? We know Star Wars fans are famously... Uh, tolerant of most things. <coughs> uh, yes. So, um, you know, the idea of bringing the old Republic back is something people have wanted for, or since the, since the takeover in 2012, if they bring it back, but it's not what people want. How's that going to go down? I mean, on the, again, here's that phrase again on the flip side, they could bring it back and yes, it could be better. There is nothing that can't be superseded. There's nothing that can't be outdone in art or in uh, pop culture in the world, you know, they could bring out, they could bring out this high old Republic movie, sorry, too many Republics. And it could be better than the story we got in that, in that game. And all of these sub games, uh, sub stories are in. It could be, you know, just to say it wouldn't be is blind. You know, it's just blind loyalty and it's wrong. Uh, That's also like saying, we'll never get a star Wars film, which is better than the OT because we will. And I will it have the cultural impact and the legacy, probably not, but that doesn't mean it can't be a better film. My favourite film is Rogue One. Do I think it's a better film than The Empire Strikes Back on every level? I don't know, possibly. But will it, how does it have the 
impact the Empire Strikes Back does? Will it be remembered? Is it a classic film? Is there a reason why the Empire Strikes Back is held up as one of the greatest films of all time? Oh, yes, there is. So, um, you know, to say it can't be better than the Old Republic uh, as it currently is, is is wrong. So, but... You know that that's up to them. That's up to the storytellers uh, to get to get that right. And if it is going to be later Calogeridis, then good luck to her. I imagine that it will have. It's going to take some. It's going to have like at least one foot in the existing story. Because whilst I would like them to give us new stories, fresh stories, I don't think you have to get rid of what came before. I mean, I don't think you have to throw out the old Republic. We're not going to do those stories because we didn't write them. No, that's so there's some fantastic stories there, fantastic characters, events, moments in, you know, the legends uh, continuity. You know, bring that in, bring that into canon. You don't have to change it just to put your own stamp on it or anything like that. But you can put your own stamp on what's already out there but still make it fresh, still make it new, give the people what they want, but give the newcomers something to cling on to as well. Um, so I found, I find this bit of news very intriguing, especially with the cinematics getting a 4k release it, that in and of itself isn't, you know, like a particular reason to believe that this is happening because some trailers are being reworked, but you know, they're, they're pushing those to the forefront. We've got the KOTOR remake, Lucasfilm and Disney and whoever are now a Lucasfilm games are now showing that there's a willingness to go back to go well back to the well in this now go back thousands of years and start playing in that sandbox and if it's coming in the form of an old Republic movie I think that could be huge within the fan base how big would it be outside of the fan base who knows who knows there's a there's a reason why uh, Star Wars the old Republic is um, one of the fastest growing mmos ever if not the most it's one of the most expensive games ever but it's also made nearly a billion bucks as well just in 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 its lifetime it's one of the most popular games of all times it's spawned so many other books and comics because of it so you know it's not like it's just star wars fans who who like the old republic it's obviously it's gamers as well are out there if it's got a good story people will follow but you know, it's, it's still a new era to sell to the film fans. How well it would translate, we don't know. But then at the same time, who would have thought, uh, well, to be fair, no, Rogue One was, whatever people say, that's still you know, tied so heavily to the OT. I've heard people say it's a standalone. It is, but it is also, you know, A New Hope 0.5. It is literally the prequel to A New Hope as opposed to its own thing, which you can you can watch it in isolation, but it's still so linked intrinsically to that film. Whereas something like the old Republic isn't you can, they can create standalone films in this era. And I find that exciting more than anything, but how well will it translate? Depends how well they write it. Depends how well they cast it. Depends how good it looks. Depends how far they want to push the boat. You know, there's so many stories I could tell. Do they want to play it safe and give us stories of seen before in the star Wars films? Or do they want to show us something different? They've got to get the the casual fans on board to get the money in. And that goes with Feige's film, Tyker's film, Ryan's trilogy, if you ever see it, this Rogue Squadron. They they, they haven't got the Skywalker saga to lean on anymore. No, there's not. uh, Well, that that we know of. We're not going to see any legacy characters. These films are now branching out. We're certainly not going to see the the OT characters, which for a lot of people was a draw for the sequel trilogy. Uh, bring bringing back Mark Harrison, Carrie, God rest her soul, Billy D. Eventually, and everybody else. 
Now, that was a big deal for a lot of people, but the new films aren't going to have that. They have to stand on their own. They've got to build their own fan base. They've got to build their own characters. They've got to build their own history and legacy. The other public already has one. How far into it is it going to go to start with, and how will that translate to the box office? That is exciting. Um, but the rumour was that the Old Republic will start filming next year again. This hasn't been confirmed. Let's just get that out there now. There is no concrete confirmation as of recording this episode that the high, the Old Republic, keep saying High Republic, I like the High Republic, you know I do, that the Old Republic is going to be the new film. No concrete evidence. If by the time this podcast comes out there is, then that's how quickly the thing has turned around. But there's, as of now, no confirmation. But BSL is saying... The Star Wars film planned to shoot next year isn't Tiger's film, it's not Feige's film, and it's not Rogue Squadron. We now know, as of today, as of about an hour ago, now Rogue Squadron ain't filming. Rogue Squadron, has the production has been delayed. It was meant to start next year. It has now been delayed. It's not been cancelled but it has been delayed. Sources are saying that um, Patty Jenkins' schedule and other commitments wouldn't allow for the window that was required for the film to start uh, start filming in 2022. And again, this, it hasn't been cancelled. The hope is that from Lucasfilm's, Lucasfilm's side that Patty Jenkins can you know, get her other commitments out of the way and then carry on. You know, let's, let, let's get this going. We all remember the announcement trailer with Patty Jenkins donning the flight suit and telling the story of how her father used to fly fighter jets. So it's clearly something that she wanted to do. So I don't think it's going to be shelved or cancelled anytime soon. But Patty Jenkins has got Wonder Woman 3 uh, coming up for Warner Brothers. Certainly hope it's an improvement on Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> and she's also got a, a Cleopatra film coming out for Paramount. Also, incidentally, starring Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. So that's what's taking up her time in a minute, unless there's something else which is in the works. But uh, the plan was Wonder Woman was going to be after Rogue Squadron, but you know they may now bring that forward. So how about that? We've had Rogue Squadron was announced with a lot of fanfare. Patty Jenkins coming uh, on board. It's the first Star Wars film with a female director and one with pedigree as well. One with one that comes with pedigree, experience, and reputation. And <laughs> not anymore. Scheduling conflicts, would you believe, are has pushed Rogue Squadron back. Now, I am always sceptical when I hear that because when this was announced, it was, you know, this is when the film needs to come out. Therefore, your schedule must have been clear for you to make it. Who then goes and makes a deal with another studio and forgets that they're doing not just any f- film, but a Star Wars film? Or just or just a film. Oh, sorry, I can't. I can't do Cleopatra or Wonder Woman three. We've got. To, can you just wait? I've got another film. I've, I'm contractually obliged to do this one. Now, I'm not saying it's Patty Jenkins' fault whatsoever. You know, maybe her representatives, but or maybe it is Lucasfilm. Maybe Lucasfilm have pushed this um, and ignored the other commitments, or has assumed that they would move out of the way to allow Patty to do Rogue Squadron. Whatever the case is. That's now been delayed. So 2023, we're not going to see Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. And it's a film which I was tentatively excited for because it's something different. You know, Top Gun in Space, whatever they call it. The idea of getting a team, another squad together, you know, maybe six fighter pilots, 
building a family, getting to know the characters and hopefully some classic characters to come from it and then other stories to jump from it. Could have been quite fun, something different. We haven't ever had a, a movie uh, canonically or, or ever, which was be which has be, just been centred on fighter pilots. Always we've had Resistance, which started off as kind of flying aces, but went a bit awry somewhere along the way. Um, and of course, we've had Star Wars Squadrons recently, which was a game. Uh, and then we've had the old games way back when X-Wing, TIE Fighter and all that. So to see it on screen, I think would have been pretty cool. Plus Patty's passion for the project you know, I was in. I was I was sold by that. I think it was a good appointment, regardless of Wonder Woman 84. That probably will be someone's favourite film, so I'm never going to um, throw it under the bus, but it didn't work for me. However, this does... I always... My eyebrows always raise now, because you guys know me. I've mentioned it on the main show. I've mentioned it on our Patreon shows that I, I'm behind the hierarchy at Lucasfilm, but with the asterisks that I'm fully aware that the planning is clearly nobody's strength there nobody's strength there from director directorial hirings and firings on uh well rogue one solo the force awakens the rise of skywalker now rogue squadron i'm probably forgetting one or two other ones there giving ryan johnson a trilogy and then just forgetting that they ever did that um to production issues so like giving JJ and Chris Terrio half the time or less time to get the Rise of Skywalker done and in theatres to to this, to have to give him Patty Jenkins plenty of time to get Rogue Squadron in theatres, but then scheduling conflicts. Shelve that. I mean, who, what's going on? I mean, what is, what is going on about what, how can this happen? Um, And it is that kind of double-edged sword that for me, I don't think JJ and Chris Terrio had enough time on, Rise of Skywalker, and I wish that it, that had been pushed back. I like Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron hadn't been pushed back because it needs to be rewritten. Though there are the there are that, those stories that the film did need to go and undergo extensive rewrites. According to the press release, that's not why the film's been put back, though. Hence, why I'm not you know putting the two together. I think Rise needed to be put back by six months to a year just to allow them to flesh out the story, make sure they were happy with it, and a few other elements. Rogue Squadron had the time. This hasn't been pushed back to make the film better. It's been pushed back because someone couldn't get the someone someone's Outlook calendar, Gmail calendar didn't line up with somebody else's, and I think that's bad. I think that's bad. And, and on 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 that, Taika Waititi has got about four other projects coming up at the same time now. He's just been signed up to quite a few projects. Um, I've been speaking to Bespin Bulletin about this, and he's been kind of saying as well, like. How much time is Taika going to have to do a Star Wars film? Because generally the dude has got four or five big, certainly two, Akira, Masters of the the Universe. I can't remember the one he was recently signed up to, but that's a big deal. Uh, And a couple of other things as well. Is Taika going to have time to write and direct a Star Wars film? The the signs are pointing to no at the minute. He still is at the minute, but I wouldn't be surprised if Taika's film is suddenly shelved or pushed back and and then before we know it we've gone from having a 23 25 27 release to actually i don't know maybe an an old republic film rumored for 23 other than that who knows you've got kevin feige and michael waldron's film is in the very early stages of being written who knows what's happened with ryan johnson's trilogy but again ryan's probably better off just doing his own films his own great films by himself but who you know who's who knows what's going on is there even a is there a taste, a a clamour, a hunger 
the Star Wars in the cinema anymore. Disney and Lucasfilm have already said, you know, they're kind of putting their their eggs at the minute in the streaming basket. In the next year, we've got Boba Fett, Kenobi, and or probably Mando season three. We've got the Bad Batch, and who knows what else they're going to drop. You know, just like they do off the cuff sometimes. And then coming fast off the heels of that, we're going to have Ahsoka, possibly another season of Boba Fett. We've got the Acolytes being written. Lando's apparently going on as well with droid stories. So many things that are going on that, you know, and with streaming, you can put out three or four things a year and it doesn't sound gratuitous. I know Marvel fans have said that the, the output they've had this year has been quite overwhelming, but give it, give me all that star Wars goodness. I've said that all along, but um, with streaming, you can do that and you can, you can, you know, you can stretch your story out over eight to 10 episodes. You can get people invested like they have done with Mando. How, much of an impact as Mando had. How people love those characters and the Mandalorian himself. They want to see more of it. And they've achieved that in the first season. And then they expanded upon that in the second season. You know, that's 16 episodes worth of content, about eight hours worth of content, give or take. And, you know, that would have been three films. It would have taken three films to do that at considerable budget, uh, considerable cost, considerable man hours, labor with less, and it's more risk as well. You know, if the Mando season one didn't take off, then it's a massive disappointment. It, financially, it wouldn't have been a huge. Well, it would have been, of course, it would have been a big deal. But you know, if they if they did the Mandalorian as a trilogy or a four piece, then and and the first one fails, they're in trouble because they've got there's two hundred million pounds with Solo down a Swanee and maybe more. So streaming is a it seems to be cheaper, you know, less risk, high reward potentially when it comes to um, output and product and output nowadays. But I still am an old school cinema uh, fan. I like going to see films in a cinema. I always have done. I want to see a Star Wars film in the cinema because we we may or may not get the, in a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away uh, spiel and the fanfare. Who knows what we're going to get, but it's the anticipation. It's the journey getting to that destination. It's exciting, especially now we're going to have to wait a few years for a Star Wars film. But is it the Old Republic? But it's looking like it. I mean, these, these rumours came out of nowhere. And they were saying, you know, there's, there's apparently Rogue Squadron's being pushed back. People were saying, today, confirmed, Rogue Squadron pushed back. BSL and Jordan Mason and that are saying, it's the Old Republic. Trust, it's the Old Republic. You know, Rogue's out of the way now. Rouge Squadron's out of the way. I'm now inclined to believe that maybe this will be the old Republic. If it is, is it, just, is it like a, a knee jerk reaction? Like, Oh, Oh, uh, Patty can't do a film because someone's misscheduled or there's been a scheduling problem or whatever it might be, whatever thing they want to pedal. Um, what can we do? Um, I don't know. They had the old Republic thing. We get a couple of years ago, get her on the blower, <laughs> nail her down and her, and her schedule. And let's do that. I'm interested to know the story behind that, whether we will or not. I don't know, but, you know, this has kind of come out of nowhere. Obviously, they would have known for a little while now that they, Patty's schedule is going to be an issue. And so they would have been doing stuff behind the scenes. So is the Old Republic film, like Plan B, was it always going to be the case that it was going to come out at some point? Or are they kind of flying by the seat of their pants again? There's a lot of questions to be asked there. However, the one thing we do know is Rogue Squadron is definitely not going into production next year and it will not be out in 2023 which does pave the way for this old republic film to release so matt smith 
said he was going to be in Star Wars and got all a bit got a bit cheeky when the question was asked, are you going to be Papa Palp's boy or young Palpatine? Sorry. That that in itself was exciting, but f- fun, flippant, but fun news. Then we got the news that the Old Republic film was happening and it's going into, into production next year, which is only two months away. That is a very quick turnaround to write, to cast, to scout locations, to get everything ready and then actually start filming ready for a 2023 release. This thing's been on the back burner for a while, surely. Um, and the big news, the it's got a much celebrated rogue squadron. It's being pushed back. So yeah, it's, it's another, it's another happy week, another happy landing when it comes to Lucasfilm, their scheduling and the fun rumors that surround the galaxy far, far away. Hi, this is Misty Roses. I am the performance artist for Queel and Frog Lady in The Mandalorian. And you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yes, so after all that, I could really go for a nice cold one. And I've pulled up here outside uh, our favourite dusty drinking hole. And this is usually where Lukey Boy opens the door. So let's test how <laughs> let's tell how heavy that door is. Luke Bly must be stacked. He must be ripped because that door was heavy. Luke Bly is literally a walking power of the force figure. So here we are here in the Bantina each week for those new and old. We would usually, I, we sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy, have a couple of Kef beers and get your thoughts on our main discussion and this is a heads up because lukey boys here we're not gonna have a patreon uh section question section there won't be a game because i don't really fancy quizzing myself and in terms of the patreon questions i think it's only fair to those who have um who signed up uh, and have and have posed the question to both of us to hear both of our answers to that i'm pretty sure i could have given you some filthy answers but i also want to hear what blala ren has to say to the awesome questions that we have already received so We'll have a load of Patreon questions coming next week and we'll have a game coming next week as well. So that being said, this week we wanted to hear your opinions on the Old Republic film. The rumours, the uh, intense rumours that a High Republic film was uh, was coming and we got uh, a voice message in. Voice message in from a man who I only think of as a Don. It's Ann Goodman and he sent this bad boy in. Hey Sessions, it's Ant Goodman here. Uh, I hope the rumours are true. Not bothered if it's Old Republic or not, even though I adore that game. Uh, I love The Mandalorian. It might be my favourite bit of Star Wars since Return of the Jedi, but I'm really starting to miss Star Wars in the cinema and all the hype and build-up that goes with it. Booking your tickets, getting your popcorn and sitting down in a room full of other fans all feeling the same way. Star Wars in the cinema is pure magic. Cheers, guys. Keep up the spicy filth. <laughs> Goodman is a man who likes to roll around in filth in his spare time. He doesn't even care what it is. I don't care if it's the Republic. I don't care what it is. Just give me a film in the cinema. Now, I hear you, mate. I just said up top there that Star Wars in the cinema is, you know, Star Wars is event filmmaking. I think Bob Iger himself said that. You know, it's, you know, it's an event. You, they, obviously, they, the, the one year release they had for, uh, episode seven, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and the kind of the solo debacle, and then Rise of Skywalker, 
it, you know, that had a build up. We had a whole year to, to to absorb and marinate that info and look forward to the next one. Obviously, prior to that, it was always three years with the OT and then the prequels as well. So, but once a year, I, I could handle that. Once a year, now we're going a few years without any Star Wars now in the cinema, and it's going to be odd. You know, it's you know when it comes back, will it still have the pull? Depending on what it is, will it still capture people's um, imaginations? Obviously, The Force Awakens and The Phantom Menace were two of the most hyped films of all the time because of their proximity to the OT. The, the Phantom Menace, of course, was the first prequel which led into the OT, and The Force Awakens was the first sequel which bounced off, jumped off of the, the OT. So, you know, those that had a lot to uh that had a lot of nostalgia riding on it a lot to live up to but the expectation of what you know how they're going to further the story for the beloved characters there was you know that they had that going for them the old republic doesn't have that a rogue squadron doesn't have that don't know what tiger's doing don't know what feige's doing don't know what ryan johnson's doing but they won't have what the force awakens had and what the phantom menace had maybe that will actually be more of a help than a hindrance because maybe the expectation levels will be just down a little bit you know that nobody's expecting uh, to see Luke Skywalker turn up and pull Star Destroyers out of the sky or some rubbish like that, or whatever they expected a Phantom Menace to be up there with the Empire Strikes Back or whatever. Maybe expectations will be tempered, which will lead to a greater appreciation of what we get. Maybe that's wishful thinking. We can always hope, but yeah, Ant, Ant Goodman, he just wants to sit down, big old bag of popcorn, shove that down his gullet, and enjoy Star Wars at the cinema again. So uh, thank you for that, Ant. Mates, moving on to the written comments. We've got Darth Dildo, the king of Dan Ander. says, give me all of the Star Wars. Us. What could you give me? Lucasfilm. Everything. <laughs> Excited that the Star Wars rumour mill is coming in hot again. Just means we're back in the game of lots of Star Wars content and I am so ready. Rogue Squadron sounds like it's being set in the future. An old Republic in the past. Hell to the year. The Rogue Squadron is also being pushed to the future as well. Um, a Sokotano fan, wonderful cosplayer, and a queen says this would be awesome in terms of Star Wars: The Republic being a a film. Uh, Dimsky, the Belgian Bond, makes sense. They've obviously announced the remake of Kotor. The High Republic has been going for quite some time. It's an era where they're pretty free to do what they want. Hopefully, they have a consistent plan. Oh, I'm sure they learned a few lessons the last few years about lacking overall view and continuity. That's good news. Uh, Poe Dameron I'd rather have High Republic or post the Rise of Skywalker era but I take it interesting on that one mate obviously the Acolyte is going to be kind of the tail end of the High Republic and we thought potentially Rogue Squadron might be set post Tross so you know if so that's a bit of a downer because like you I'd love to see what the galaxy looks like post Tross but I think they're going to take their time with it I think they're really really going to plan what goes next because again that's, that's a huge moment for them what would be the unofficial episode 10 is now the jumping off point of the Skywalker saga in general. So they have to nail that. Basically they have to get people on board uh, immediately with that. So um, old Republic podcasts, funny enough, they said more old Republic would be awesome. James Thompson said, I hope this is the first Ryan Johnson trilogy film. Very exciting. Anyway, uh, our friend Pete from star Wars podcast said, I'd happily take another Republic flick. The High Republic series has been so refreshing and fun that a movie that's set far from the time frame we know so much about already sounds like a dream. Uh, Semperfy Danny 
Callum is sceptical that it will be in box office movie form, assuming it's true. So not everybody is thinking that this is going to be the case. And I, and I, you know, I'm here for that. You know, we like that on the sessions as well. It's not all just about one way. We try to get uh, other side of the coin as well. Um, Ashton Hartigan, however, says, "Oh, I really want those Rome rumors are true." I have not read or been introduced to the Old Republic, but I love the idea of that whole time period. From the old Jedi to the old with and just a whole new range of politics, the old Sith. I find that time period to be super new, and I think that would be super entertaining and maybe the thing that Star Wars needs. I think you might be right there, fella, geezer. We need something fresh and new, and something that doesn't isn't shackled by the Skywalker Saga canon. Well, let's go back three and a half thousand years in time. You can do whatever you want then. And again, you've already got that rich lore to build upon as well. So uh, I'm here for that. It's interesting that you haven't, you know, you're not too well versed on the Old Republic, which is fine, and that you're still excited. So there's me saying earlier on, you know, you know, you've got to get the casual fans in. And I was talking film fans. You're not a casual fan if you haven't played the Old Republic. But the fact that you said you're not too, not not sure on the law, or you're not well versed in it, sorry, but you're still excited. That is exciting. That is uh, cause for celebration. So, um, Vanta Wolf said, "Yes, our Republic, please. It's an opportunity to stay in the Star Wars universe, but explore new territory. It wouldn't be for everyone, but it'd be nice to see a Star Wars movie with larger scale lightsaber battles, or at the very least, one where both the Jedi and the Sith are thriving." That's a really good point as well, actually, because as you know, you think we back then you could hear you know, the the. Uh, the war between the Jedi and the Sith and the Republic and the Sith, you can go big. And it's not just the Jedi who are prosperous. You know, the Sith are in their pomp as well. More Sith, more red lightsabers swinging about. That that, that image in itself is quality. That, that, that uh, fan art with all that image show of all, this, all the Sith back in the day standing there, red lightsaber. That would be just filth on the big screen. If they do it right, this could be so, 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 so good. Danny boy, take us away. It could be so good. Yes, it could be. Now <laughs> we'll send that over to, to uh, Disney and Lucasfilm. Look, lads. Look, fellas. Look, look, ladies. If you get this right, it could just be so good. So don't mess it up. Or else, down the Lorian's coming for you. So uh, yeah. So there's. Thank you, everyone, who sent in your. Uh, comments there and your voice messages as we always say if we didn't get around to you this week please do continue to send in your messages to us and we'll do everything we can to get you on a future edition of the Bantina. but as you've just heard it seems there that most people are up for the idea of the old republic a lot of star wars fans are excited for the old republic even those who maybe don't know an awful lot about it are excited for the old republic how will it do in the box office for the film fans? It's far too early to tell. And to a lot of people, it doesn't matter as long as the film's good. And I subscribe to that to the most part. I'm all about characters and stories. I want. A, I don't care if a film makes um, loads of bunts. Look at 20, Blade Runner 2049 is the most overused example, but there's a reason why, because that film is damn good. That film is fantastic. It's almost, almost a masterpiece. Made no money, mainly down to the awful marketing and the whole uh, secrecy surrounding the plot. But it didn't make very much money. Does that mean it's not a good film? No. Transformers films make a lot of money. And the Fast and Furious, I don't think they're good films. A lot of people do, or at least they enjoy them. So money doesn't equate quality. Never has done. So 
bear that in mind as well. But I think the other public films could do quite well, especially if they nail the marketing. If they're anything like the cinematic trailers of old, uh, they'd have no problem whatsoever because they are fantastic. So, uh, as we said there then, a lot of people excited for The Old Republic, if it is indeed going to be confirmed. Hopefully by the time this episode drops, or next week when uh, Blalo Ren will be back, we will be able to confirm that and say, yep, it's in the bag. Let's see how fast they're going to move. We have got Disney Plus Day coming at the end of the week. We're thinking we're going to get some Kenobi footage, maybe some Andor footage, uh, maybe some more Book of Boba Fett footage as well. Are we going to get an announcement about Old Republic? I doubt it, because they're not going to put it on uh, Disney Plus. However, you know, if they put enough Star Wars news out there, people are going to be rabid and fever pitch. Why not just dangle that, you know? We're also announcing that we're going to be dropping the Old Republic film in cinemas in 2023, just to capitalise on it. Why not? Don't think they'll do that, but now this is as good, good, good as week as they need to do it to uh, offset the disappointment that Rogue Squadron isn't going to be coming out when we thought it would. So two years' time, who knows what's going to be at the box office? But apparently, the Old Republic's going into uh, it's going into production next year, ready for 2023 release so uh so that's going to do it for this episode of star wars sessions episode 137 i have driven the falcon solo this week so next week we will be back to our usual structure of having uh patreon questions of having a game at the end as well and also just having someone to bounce off of uh and i miss blilo ren i always will do and i'm looking forward to him coming back but as i said that is that then for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't ever end. <laughs> That's not the right one. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? Oi, oi, Savaloy. Oh, he's not here. Uh, well, I'll tell you that you can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Uh, on social media, to search for Star Wars Sessions. You'll find us there. Send us a DM. Drop us a voice note. 30 seconds, please, if you want to get on the show. Email us. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. And if you do want to support the show further, consider checking out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You can hear us, as you are now, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, anywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, you're going to find us there. And if you do love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. Head on over to podtracer.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. We're on there. So drop us a five-star review there and on your podcast provider of choice because it helps us expand and grow, get more listeners in. Plus, we get to engage with more people each and every week, which is one of our favorite things just generally in our everyday life is hearing from you lot. So thank you all about all that. And as Lukey Boy would say, please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, tell the bloke who isn't here, but he's going to be here next week. The more, the merrier, the kettle spicier. And I'm going to tell you that this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke, may the force be with you. Always. Luke. Buke lie. They are Essex based podcast heroes.
Yeah, all that to Kanja Club. <laughs>